Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. We are officially in the new setup, myself and JJ. Uh, it's been a little while since some UFC content has come out now, but this signifies the return. It's all coming back twice a week now at the very least. So myself and JJ, we are not in Singapore right now. That's not where the new setup is. But the UFC is in Singapore, UFC 275, main evented by Yuri Prohaska, challenging the light heavyweight champion, for the belt in Glover Teixeira. Uh, we also have women's title action with Valentina Shevchenko defending the flyweight strap against one of her toughest opponents yet in Talia Santos. We have the rematch of the greatest female fights and just one of the greatest fights in general we've ever seen between Zhang Weili and Joanna Yeljacek. We've got one to watch, Andre Fialo, also on the card up against the Aussie Jake Matthews. Plenty of Aussies and plenty of people from the Asian contingent representing as well, given that this one is in Singapore. So we've just got through the first two early prelims, both female fights. I'm one and one at the moment. So we opened up with Jocelyn Edwards up against Ramona Pasquale. That was a pretty decent fight. Both fighters put it out there. Uh, but Jocelyn Edwards getting it done by decision. And then next up, Silvana Gomez Juarez absolutely flooring her opponent in the first round with a knockout. Um, that could be a 50k bonus check, but I don't think that's going to be the last emphatic finish that we see. So we've got plenty of action, a lot of great fights on the main card, but we're going to start in the early prelims. Uh, oh no, sorry, we've just done the early prelims, my apologies. Uh, but we're going to go through now from the prelims through to the main card, just give our thoughts and comments before and after each fight. And yeah, I guess we start with the opening fight of this prelims, which is one that I am very keen to get into. We have Dinar Bhatgaral, who for a while was on my one to watch list. Uh, last time out, he did get knocked out for the first time in his career up against Chris Gutierrez. So it, it was a bit of a step back for Dinar Bhatgaral, but overall, I am still really, really hyped about this guy's chances. He's gonna be taking on Kyung Ho Kang. And look, Kang, like, Bakgaral, his specialty is getting that knockout finish, but in 27 professional fights, Kyung Ho Kang has only lost once by knockout. So this is going to be a really interesting stylistic matchup. 11 of 17 wins for Kang by submission, so going to have a bit of a submission specialist up against a knockout artist. You'd have to say maybe this one not going to go the distance, although they are going to be very closely matched. So I've actually gone with Dinar Bhatgaral by knockout. I still like him as a prospect. I do still have belief that this guy can produce the goods. So taking Dinar Bhatgaral by knockout, but myself and JJ going to sit down, see how this one plays out, and we'll check in afterwards. See, yeah. What our thoughts are on the fight. Yeah, super excited for this card. Looks like the crowd's already building. Um and if the first two fights, the early prelims, are anything to go by, I think we'll see some good, good fights and definitely some finishes for sure. Just a quick note as well as Bruce is introducing the fighters. Um, incredible suit. Myself and JJ both 
very, very impressed with Bruce Buffer's suit. He always looks the part. He always brings it. We've got Thomas Fan, the referee. A uh, bit of a shuck is there. Maybe looks Hawaiian descent or some uh, form of Asian descent. So that's a big moment for him in the UFC octagon, officiating this one. Excited to see him. Excited to see the ring girls as always. But yeah, Bruce Buffer, the uh, suit, honestly. Go back. I'll try to get a picture of that at some stage. Chuck it up on the Instagram because it is fresh. But look, this fight's underway now. So we'll be back after this one with our thoughts and comments. All right. So that one going to decision. Uh, looks like Kung Ho Kang, if I said that right. Uh, looks like he's got the job done here. There was a little bit of a situation in the second round where Dinar Butgaral looked like a bit of an illegal knee, but they, the referee didn't really pull it up. As I mentioned at the start, it seems like this is his first time refereeing at UFC level. Uh, they just go into the decision now. It looks like Kang has done enough. There is a lot of damage on Dinar Bakkeral's face. Uh, both guys having their hands up though, so we'll just check the official decision. Standing by with JJ. Uh, I believe both of us have Kang as the winner of this one. Yeah, it was a good battle, but looked like Kung just picked him apart in the counterattack. Denar was definitely, um, he was definitely uh, the protagonist in a lot of it, though. He was definitely throwing all the way to the end, so it'll be interesting to see what the decision is. There we go. As expected, Kyung Ho Kang getting it done. Well, that wasn't my prediction, but after seeing how those three rounds played out. Look, it was very close, but I think he did edge ahead. Deserved winner, uh, and he gets that great moment in Singapore. Now, obviously, he is from South Korea, I believe, so he's not Singaporean, but look, like, they're getting around. It, it's, a, it's a great night for Asian fighters in general. Singapore, the first pay-per-view. It's a real vibe right now, and uh, yeah, huge moment for Mr. Perfect Kang. And up next, look, let's let's just get straight into what's up next. We've got Brendan Allen, 18 and 5, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. Uh, look, he's had his setbacks amongst some really impressive performances as he tries to work toward the top 15 up against the Aussie Jacob Mamba Malkoon, a 6 and 1 record. And I'm, I'm torn as to which way I want to go in this one because I'm thinking about backing in the Aussie but Brendan Allen is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. Uh, and look, I, th I think it's gonna be tense, but ultimately, ah, this one is actually a, a very tough one. I'll take Brendan Allen. I think I'll have to go with Brendan Allen on this one, although definitely not sold. I will be cheering on Jacob Malkoon, but I'm gonna go with Brendan Allen by submission in this one. Jacob Malkoon never having been submitted in his pro career though, and he's in the best form of his career, grinding out a great decision win over AJ Dobson last time out. I actually went against Malkoon on that occasion as well. So look, maybe I need to be more of a believer. I'm not a huge believer in Brendan Allen either, although I do think being a BJJ black belt and just some of the other skill sets that he possesses and his positioning, both guys want to start making a run toward a ranked opponent next. So. I think both guys are going to bring it, and I think if both guys bring their A game, uh, just with a bit more experience and edge, I'm going to only just take Brendan Allen by submission in this one, but we'll sit down, we will be cheering on the Aussie, and we'll see how this one plays out, as JJ likes to say. Alright, well that one has gone the distance. 
Jacob Mamba Malkoon, I believe, got it done. Look, I doubted him again, I guess. And I went for Brendan Allen because of the Brazilian, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. But I've had my doubts over Brendan Allen, who has positioned himself nicely within the division, but just can't seem to get it going at the right times. Uh, and yeah, the second round was kind of what lost it for him. Um, but he did have some strong points as well. So potentially Brendan Allen has got this one by decision. We're about to check in on the result. JJ, how, how did you see this one? Yeah, um, Malcoon was definitely the more proactive throughout the fight. It looked like Allen was waiting for his moment. And um, did he get it done? Oh, they're about to ra- raise their hand now. So yeah, may- according to the live odds, um, Allen was actually ahead at the end of the fight. But Malcoon had more takedowns, more ground control. Uh, but Brendan Allen had double the total strikes and did have top position. Uh, but I thought Malcoon had more of the control. Uh, Brendan Allen did finish the round strongly, but I thought overall Malcoon just had that little bit of intent, but neither guy looks super confident. We're about to hit the decision, so interested to see how the judges score this one. It's going to be unanimous. Brendan Allen, unanimous decision, okay. I won't argue with that, but I thought Jacob Malkoon, the Aussie, did a great, great job. But yeah, Brendan Allen, like, you can't leave it to the judges. That was a close one at certain points. Uh, He was definitely good on the ground. Like, when they're in those ground positions, like, Malkoon would almost take him down, and then it was almost like once he was on his back, Allen felt a bit more comfortable. Yeah. So, yeah, that that one was an interesting one. Brendan Allen, although he is a, definitely a prospect at middleweight if you've listened to the podcast before you may know of the one to watch tag there were a couple that had the tag last weekend Aaron Blanchfield Jeff Molina uh so the one to watch they were really the prospects that like you know not just a sports report that we're really getting around Brendan Allen he could be positioned in that spotlight but he in my opinion isn't one to watch just yet he's still got some pieces to put together and back-to-back wins He's getting things going, but I'm not willing... Like This is a good example of someone who's a great prospect working their way toward the top 15. Um, most middleweight wins in the division as well from 2019. He sits third with six. So like he's positioned himself all right, but as far as like, do I think this guy could make a title run? Potentially, but at this stage, not going to say he's one to watch. Malkoon, I was really happy with what he showed. I think he can build on that. And so can Brendan Allen. Like, Brendan Allen is still very young, so he has got a lot of time to put these pieces together. I don't want to be super critical after he's just grinded out this win. It was more just on the overall spectrum. Someone like Andre Muniz, who's on the next pay-per-view, he's someone that I would probably consider more one to watch in the middleweight division. So, look, let's see how Brendan Allen goes from here. But, yeah, mm. just getting it done over Jacob Malkoon. Yeah, it seems like Allen's just lacking a bit of X-Factor or Zing. Maybe he needs to add a couple extra things to his arsenal if he really wants to step up. I don't know, but he gets the win, so he can't really knock him too much. No, definitely not. Congratulations to Brendan Allen. And up next, we've got this one. Unfortunately, because I was away, I didn't get to do all my study for the prelims, uh, which I will be able to go back to going forward now. So this is the return podcast, so very exciting. But we've got... Hayasaya Maheshate. I'm not too, I definitely butchered that. That's where the tape and the study definitely comes in handy. So we'll see how Bruce Buffer uh, pronounces that, and that'll hopefully give me a better idea. Up against 
Steve Garcia, a little bit. I don't really need tape or study uh, to get that one. Uh, but that should be an interesting one. Steve Garcia, I am familiar with. I uh, did see him fight recently. I believe I actually I did back him in in his last fight to win. Just quickly checking that live. Steve Garcia. Uh, yeah, yeah, I did actually take him in his last fight to get it done over Charlie Ontiveros by knockout, and that is how he got it done. Uh, that was mainly because Ontiveros, like, I, I just, yeah, mainly on Ontiveros, that one. So Steve Garcia, I have seen him in action. He's tried, he's true, he's tested, and he's got it done for me before. Uh, so I'm going to go blindly here without really as much insight on his opponent, and I'm going to go with Steve Garcia. Not too sure on the method. I'll go knockout because that worked for me last time. But again, I'm really excited from this next fight night next weekend going forward to be getting back into the tape, having all my insights. So I'm not doing any of these blind picks, but taking Steve Garcia in this next fight. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. Steve Garcia absolutely getting floored. That was an action packed, barely even got into the first round. Uh, I, I gotta work out how to say this guy's name. Sorry, it's all happened so fast. JJ's just gone for a snack run. The stream has just paused momentarily, but ah, oh, uh, I believe this guy was from China. I, I was like just getting myself organized into this first round, and he has absolutely floored Steve Garcia. Uh, give me a moment. I gotta get this guy's name because he. His name needs to be remembered. I'm going to remember the name now. So we have another hometown performer, obviously not specifically from Singapore, but definitely with the crowd on his side. And that that could definitely be a 50K finish right there. So huge moment. I'm going to, I got to get this guy's name. I'll be back in a moment. Makashata, I believe, uh, spelled M-A-H-E-S-H-A-T. Uh, look, unbelievable. Makashata, if that is how you say it, round one, one minute and 14 seconds in, getting the knockout. I believe that is a Chinese flag. Uh, seven fight win streak, so there you go. This is why I've got to be doing my research. Uh, I was on holiday, but going forward for the fight night coming up, uh, I will definitely have my research done. So, missed that one. Seven fight win streak, now extends his record to nine and one. This could definitely, this is a watch this space. Uh, I haven't done enough research yet to confidently say like one to watch but my goodness after that we, we definitely could have one to watch on our hands Marcus Chate seven fight winning streak and yeah just seeing the replay now Steve Garcia was advancing forward and just got rocked just a very very solid hit straight to the jaw Steve Garcia out cold so wow that is a huge, huge moment leading into where this card really starts to kick off for me. Uh, we've got two Aussie fighters coming up in the next two fights. First up, Josh Koulibau, uh, and I am really, really keen to see him in action. Up against, I believe it's uh, Wu Sung Choi. I definitely said that wrong. I'll have to double check that. I'm sorry. The research, as I said, just got back from holiday, but definitely was keen to launch into this pay-per-view. Just going to pull up. Uh, the names because they had a very very intense face-off as well uh, leading up to this one so just gonna have a quick look at the UFC and preliminary card is this our featured prelim it certainly is we have Sung Songwoo Choi 
Uh, so it's pretty close up against Joshua Kulibau. That is definitely going to be a contest to keep an eye on. That is our featured spotlight prelim fight. So look, now it is time to get around the Aussies. The favourite, obviously, is Sungwoo Choi. Uh, but I think this is going to be a very closely contested one. So, look, I'm going to back the Aussie here. I didn't go for Jacob Malkoon earlier, uh, but I do overall want to back some of my hometown people. So I'm going to go with Josh Coolabau here. And look, it looked really heated between the two of these guys when it came to the face-off. I definitely think this is going to be an action-packed one. The knockout intent is going to be there for mine. Uh, and that is why I'm going to take Josh Coolabau to get this one done by knockout. All right, well, that one, uh, yeah, I've had a couple of people rock up. We're slowly getting into the card as we come toward the main card. Very happy to see Josh Coolabau get it done by split decision. I actually thought his opponent did the better job, uh, but in the end, I think Coolabau, he had enough to get it done. So I actually thought from what I saw, it was a really close fight. Judges obviously found it hard to pick their winner, but Coolabau got it done. So as we lead into the main card, the Aussie gets it done. Uh, contentious decision with the crowd leading into one of the fighters I'm really keen to see, Jack Della Maddalena, another Australian from Scrappy MMA in Perth, up against Ramazan Ameev. So I believe that's going to be kicking off the main card. Uh, so I've got to book it. I've got to book it and launch into the main card now. UFC 275, thoughts and comments. All right, up next we've got welterweight action Jack Della Maddalena from Perth. Uh, I've got to go with him here again for the knockout. That is his specialty. That is definitely going to be his intent. But he's up against Ramazan Ameev, who I think is going to be a really stern test. I can see this one going the full 15 minutes, but ultimately I am really high on Jack Della Maddalena. He's right there on the cusp of entering that one-to-watch territory. For many, he's already there. So a win for him here, and he's officially entering that one-to-watch territory, as I've spoken about earlier in the episode. So I'm taking Jack Della Maddalena by knockout, but by no stretch of the imagination is it hard to believe that Ramazan Ameev could win this as well. He's a very quality test, but of course, got to go with the Australian here. So opening up the main card, Jack Della Maddalena and Ramazan Ameev. All right, Jack Della Maddalena getting it done in the first round before it could even get started. I mean, he got taken down early by Ameev. Uh, he offset that very, very quickly. As soon as he let his hands go, that was it. It did not take him long to get that knockout finish. And with his 12th straight win, there is no doubt in my mind, Jack Della Maddalena, one to watch. He was already on the one to watch list, but now he has absolutely cemented himself there. Not just on my one to watch list, but across the world for UFC fans, for Australian fans of MMA, and the former eternal MMA welterweight champion. Well, he looks like he could very well be making a run for the welterweight division's top 15 in the UFC, which is a stacked division. Huge, huge potential matchups down the track for Della Maddalena, and he is proving without a doubt that he is one to watch. So I'm gonna check his interview. I am so pumped about that one. Jack Maddalena getting it done in spectacular fashion. That definitely requires another 50 grand, which through his emphatic performances, he may have just earned himself 100 grand extra across only two fights. So this guy is absolutely money. Jack Della Maddalena, one to watch. Speaking of ones to watch in the welterweight division, well, 
Up next, we have another Australian, Jake Matthews, up against someone who is definitely, he's already officially on my one to watch list in Andre Fialo. Uh, look, since his incredible short notice debut where he fell short by decision against Michelle Pereira, Andre Fiala has backed it up with two very quick knockout wins. He now is back in Singapore and he's one to watch, like no doubt. He's been incredible to watch his rise. He still wants to get another fight out after this later in the year. So look, he's up against the sterner test here in Jake Matthews, who I, I think he's gonna present a lot of issues for Fialo, but I have just been so incredibly impressed by Andre Fialo. So whilst I'll be hoping that the Australian Jake Matthews can give a great performance, in terms of my prediction, I have gone with Andre Fialo. Uh, look, I can see it going down by decision, but ultimately Fialo, like he's gathering steam. If he wins by knockout here, I think something that would make total sense would be Andre Fialo versus Jack Della Maddalena because both of those guys seem destined to make a run for the top 15. So all of a sudden, I mean, welterweight, so exciting. And with that being said, we also know in Salt Lake City at one of the upcoming pay-per-views, we have Kamaru Usman defending that welterweight championship up against Leon Rocky Edwards. That is going to be a fight I cannot wait to watch. Leon Edwards finally getting his opportunity to run it back with Kamaru Usman, who was the last man to defeat him. But look, let's get back to the welterweight action taking place tonight. Obviously hugely impressed already with Jack Della Maddalena. He's one to watch. Definitely making his way toward those rankings. And now Andre Fialo. I believe he's destined to do the same. But he has Australia's Jake Matthews in his path. Jake Matthews knows that a win here is going to position him really nicely within this stacked division. So the two fights, just like to open the main card, have a huge bearing on the landscape of the welterweight division kind of just outside of those rankings, but some guys who look very much ready to make a run. So I am hugely excited about the welterweight division in 2022. So let's jump in now to Andre Fialo up against Jake Matthews. I'll be back at the end of this fight with my thoughts and comments. Holy shit, okay, so Jake Matthews, career best performance. Uh, I have never seen him look that good. He said he was only going at about 50% capacity to what he is capable of leading up to this, but he just showed what he is capable of. I talked about Andre Fialo being one to watch and making a run for the rankings and everything I just talked about, but Jake Matthews, he's stolen that spotlight. He has had a huge moment. That was one of the fights of the night so far. That could definitely be a $50,000 bonus check as well. I mean, Jake Matthews has now officially announced himself in the welterweight division. He said he wants to get on that Paris-France card, so I think that'd be awesome. I'd love to see them schedule him up against a great opponent. Fialo was already a huge test, so I mean, next could very well be a ranked opponent or someone right around that area. So career best win for Jake Matthews. Couldn't have been happier. And yeah, I guess I doubted him. I was going Fialo, who I obviously was very high on, but in the end, Jake Matthews getting it done. Huge career best performance from him. All right, now it is time for the three main events. Arguably this one on par with the two title fights. It's a rematch of one of the greatest UFC fights of all time. Absolutely the greatest female fight of all time. They clearly have intentions to make it just as good this time around. Unfortunately, this one not a five-rounder. Only three rounds to the best of my knowledge, but 
they're making their walk out now this is no doubt going to be one of the fights of the year and uh, as far as which way I'm going I'm going for LJ check but look this is going to be a tough one tough one I'm just excited to watch it it's not so much about what's going to happen it's just what actually watching what happens and enjoying the fight because this there's definitely going to be a fight of the year contender you could say this one front runner to be the fight of the night as well for UFC 275 so I'm taking LJ check but Zhang Wei Li I mean if Joanna gets the win here then maybe they do run it back a third time at some point in a five round contest but we don't know until this fight's over I'm just so keen to sit down and watch it so we'll be back at the end with thoughts and comments all right so now not only have I watched that fight I've actually watched all of the fights it was a few days ago have, how about that there we go so what I'm going to do now I just wanted to watch those last three fights in all of their glory I'd stopped recording and I thought I'd come back and give some thoughts so we'll start on a rematch of the greatest female fight we have ever seen and this one definitely lived up to the expectation this time there was a bit more anticipation as well because people knew like this fight was destined to be a great one something was always going to happen going into this one so you could definitely feel a greater sense of anticipation when it came to that fight and as for the fight itself well it's turned out that that was the last fight of Joanna Yeljechek's career the greatest female strawweight of all time in the UFC and look the fight itself I mean it, it was very exciting it was hard to tell who, who was going to get the edge, but definitely Zhang Wei Li throughout the entirety of the fight. She seemed in control. She seemed to be a level ahead. Maybe LJ Chek already knew that, you know, this was going to be it for her. And yeah, Zhang Wei Li looked extremely impressive. Nothing more so than the finish itself, the spinning back fist KO. I mean, just incredible. When Zhang Wei Li steps foot and fights in Asia, she, she picks up the knockouts. The record is there. Go back and look through her career and you will see just much so or just as much rather so a huge win for Zhang Wei Li getting that spinning back fist knockout I mean that in itself like every time these two women meet there is some kind of highlight this time it wasn't an absolute five round war and instead it was an emphatic finish putting a stamp and an end to this rivalry once and for all with Zhang Wei Li going up two and oh after the fight, we of course saw Joanna Yeljechek decide to call it time, call it quits. That is her UFC career done. Uh, and it makes perfect sense. She's of the age now where she wants to look at having a family and things like that, which is very hard for the female UFC fighters, if not almost impossible. So she's going to step away now. Congratulations on one of the greatest female careers the UFC has ever seen to Joanna Jel... Oh, fuck that up. Uh, Joanna Yeljechek. And yeah, she's Polish, I'm Polish, so definitely she's a fighter that I've been supporting for a long time now, but couldn't be more happy for Zhang Wei Li. And she signaled her intentions. She wants to fight Carla Esparza uh, in Abu Dhabi. Carla has since come out and said she doesn't want to do these things on Zhang Wei Li's terms. She's going to do it on her terms. She's the champion. She'll decide when the right time for them to meet is. So it seems as though Zhang Wei Li has positioned herself for yet another title shot. I'm a bit disappointed because I do believe that Marina Rodriguez has done enough to warrant at least a shot at the belt. Uh, but it looks at this stage like they're going to go back to Zhang Wei Li. That was an emphatic finish of LJ Czech. And yeah, it looks, looks like Zhang Wei Li and Carla Esparza is what's next. 
As for when that's going to go down, not exactly sure, uh, because Carla Esparza, as we've just seen, she doesn't want to put a timeline on it. She's going to do it on her terms. But it seems like our next women's strawweight fight is set between Zhang Weili and the champion Carla Esparza. And let's hope that fight is a hell of a lot more entertaining than the fight in which Carla captured the belt from Rose Nami Yunus in what was an absolute snooze fest. And that, that's being, I mean, pretty generous. So look, Zhang Weili, I think she's the kind of opponent that will bring a much more exciting brand and style to this fight with Carla Esparza. So look, I'm hopeful this is gonna be a cracking fight and Carla Esparza, look, not much time as the champion to celebrate your win because there are plenty of females in the division gunning for that title. Zhang Weili seems to be up next, but I'm going to be keeping tabs on Marina Rodriguez. She's my favorite fighter in the division, so look, I, I think she's been on track for a title shot for a while now. Maybe they'll match her up against Thug Rose. Uh, something like that. But as for what's next, it seems as though Zhang Weili up against Carla Esparza. So that was one of the three main events as we now lead into the two title main events, starting with the flyweight championship and the immovable object, Valentina Shevchenko. Nobody has been able to challenge her or really trouble her to any great extent. Enter Talia Santos. Now going into this one, I said this was going to be a very, very tough ask for Santos, but at the same time, I thought this was gonna be a quality fight. In my opinion, there wasn't anyone else within the division that I thought could really give Valentina a run for her money, the way that Talia Santos could. And the way this fight played out, well, we saw exactly that. Talia Santos troubled Valentina in ways that we just have not seen during Shevchenko's run in the flyweight division. So look, that one, it went the entire five rounds, and to the uneducated eye, I, I actually thought Talia Santos had done enough to win, but Valentina Shevchenko, the work she was doing from the bottom, uh, I think that can't be discounted as well. She was doing a lot of damage from the bottom. So that one, look, Valentina ended up retaining the championship, and I think that's fair. I'm not going to call robbery, anything like that. But Talia Santos could not have been more impressive. She, from memory, was it the eye? There was some kind of issue toward the end of the fight, I believe it was her eye. Uh, and that kind of slowed Santos down in a spot of the fight where I thought she could really take control and edge out the victory. But unfortunately for Talia Santos, it was not to be. Valent Ugh, can't speak English. Valentina Shevchenko is still champion. No specific call outs, whether that be at flyweight or moving up to bantamweight. Uh, but yeah, Shevchenko does enough to get the, get the job done. Will we see a rematch of this? Well, we very well may, given that Talia Santos, I mean, she pushed Valentina all the way to the limit. You could hear by the crowd as well. The crowd, by the end, were on Talia Santos's side. So, look, if, even though she didn't come away with the title, Talia Santos has come away with her stock being higher than ever. More fans in the mixed martial arts world know who she is and what she's about than ever before and she's positioning herself really nicely. So while she didn't get the job done, uh, I thought it was an incredible showing from Talia Santos. And that was my main takeaway from that fight, just how good Talia Santos is. But in the end, Valentina Shevchenko in the eyes of the judges was just that little bit better and still flyweight champion of the world. So Valentina Shevchenko, as for what's next there, I, I can definitely see them doing a rematch, although they'll probably stare away from that 
There are some emerging flyweight contenders, as well as that chat of Valentina potentially moving up to bantamweight, fighting either Amanda Nunes once again, or if Nunes isn't the champ, if it's Juliana Pena, well, maybe we see Juliana Pena up against Valentina Shevchenko. So we'll sit and we'll eagerly await any announcements regarding the next fights in the female divisions, given bantamweight, flyweight, strawweight, featherweight. I mean, there's a lot of talk around all those divisions, not so much featherweight, but the other three are in a better position than they ever have been. So very, very exciting times when it comes to the female side of the UFC going forward. But now it is time to jump into the main event of UFC 275. Uh, like going into this one, I've had my eye on Yuri Prohaska as the next champion for quite some time now. Uh, but that was when Jan Blachowicz was the champion. And Glover Teixeira going into this one, I felt that there was no one better poised in the light heavyweight division to really trouble Yuri Prohaska and whose style would really ask some questions of Yuri. So the fight itself leading in, I couldn't wait. I thought Yuri was going to become the champion, but definitely wary of Glover Teixeira as well. The fight itself, one of the great fights we've seen this year. I mean, this was an absolute war. Nearly went the entire five rounds. And at points, you could actually say Glover was ahead in this fight, heading into that final minute before Yuri Prohaska managed to lock in that submission finish. So it was absolutely unbelievable. I had Glover, he, he looked like he was going to go on and win that fight. And then at the very, very end, gets submitted by Yuri Prohaska. I mean, that is a huge statement to submit someone with the credentials of Glover Teixeira right at the death as well. Yuri did not leave this one to chance, captured the belt, very deserving as well. I've been super keen on Yuri Prohaska. I've always believed he was gonna be the next long-term champion. And in one of the great fights we have seen in the light heavyweight division, he stole the win. He stole it from Glover, who looked like he may be able to grind it out, but Prohaska, look, he was not leaving without that belt. An incredible win for Yuri Prohaska, the new UFC light heavyweight champion. And when you look for what's next, I think Jan Blachowicz is what is next, but there are a lot of calls for Glover to get that immediate rematch, uh, given that Glover, he's right at the back end of his career. So maybe you give him that one more shot, but... In saying that, uh, I'm more about the immediate rematches if the person's been championed for quite some time. This was Glover's first defense, and I know it was a very, very close contest, but I think Jan Bohovic just gets that next shot. Uh, that is, in my opinion, what's coming up next, although there are definitely calls for Glover to get that rematch. But for now, the champion is Yuri Prohaska. I believe he's going to be the champion for a while as well. So whether it's Jan Blachowicz or whether it's Glover Teixeira, I know that the next fight for the UFC light heavyweight championship is going to be one absolutely not to miss. And Yuri Brahaska, he topped off this card with an emphatic finish to claim the title. So a pretty incredible card overall, UFC 275. Really happy with the performances of some of the Aussies. Jacob Malkoon. Uh, look, he lost, but many could argue that he actually won. Uh, you have Josh Kulabar getting a very important win. Jack Della Maddalena with a huge knockout, followed by Jake Matthews. Best performance I've ever seen him put in. Absolutely floored Andre Fialo, who was one of my ones to watch going into this card. But Jake Matthews stole his thunder in absolutely emphatic fashion. So very happy about that with the Aussies getting up. We, of course, had Zhang Wei Lee get herself right back in the title picture. 
Uh, we had the co-main event with Valentina Shevchenko only just holding on to her belt, but Talia Santos, well, a star has now been born inside of the UFC. And the main event, which I just talked about, Yuri Prohaska getting it done by submission in what was a simply incredible moment. And with that being said, I mean, that was the thoughts and comments on the card. This one a little bit shorter, but now what I'm going to be doing is jumping into my UFC preview for this weekend's upcoming fight night, main evented by featherweights Kelvin Cater and Josh Emmett. So the action, look, it doesn't stop. It's been my thoughts and comments on UFC 275, but now it is time to look forward to what is next, and that is the Fight Night card. So if you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to keep your eyes out because the preview for the Fight Night card will be coming out in the next couple of days. Very excited about that. A lot of exciting stuff actually going on at Not Just The Sports Report. And before I go, if you enjoyed the podcast, do not forget to follow us on Instagram at Not Just The Sports Report. And also on whatever podcast platform you are listening on, you'll be able to see as soon as the next UFC Vegas. Oh, it's not UFC Vegas. Actually, this one, to the best of my knowledge, has crowds. So even more exciting. Uh, And you'll be able to see as soon as that preview and predictions podcast is out. So... With that being said, this has been UFC 275 Thoughts and Comments. And until the preview prediction podcast, take care of yourself.